Hello, ghosties. I'm Chance Lee. And I'm Amanda McAvoy. And this is That's So Gothic, a movie podcast about girls, guys, and haunted houses. I have a little poem to open today's show. It's inspired by a poem that I read from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Those creepy ass books that give you nightmares from your kids. Nicole is dead and her kids don't know it. Her kids are dead and Nicole doesn't know it. They're both lying dead in the very same house. And neither one knows that the other one's dead. Oh, <laughs> that's so charming. <laughs> yes. And the, but the, in the Scary Stories book, it's got this ghastly illustration of these two dead men lying in bed next to each other. So ni- nightmare fuel. But today we're talking about something a little less grim. We're talking about... The others. Sometimes the world of the dead gets mixed up with the world of the living. As you can see, the housework has been rather neglected since the servants disappeared almost a week ago. Do you mean they just vanished? Into thin air. How do you do, children? I'm your new nanny. Are you going to leave us too? Should I leave you? The others said they wouldn't, but they did, and then it happened. Why do you open the curtains? It was Victor. You told your brother that there was someone else in the room. There was. That'll do, Anne. I've seen them too. Have? Sooner or later, she'll see them. Then everything will be different. Released in 2001, The Others was written, directed, and scored by Alejandro Amanabar. It stars Nicole Kidman as Grace, a Christian widow, Fianula Flanagan as Mrs. Mills, (laughs) the housekeeper slash nanny, and Alakina Mann and James Bentley as Anne and Nicholas. Grace's daughters. Mm. This is the story of a woman and her kids in a haunted house. And it was also executive produced by Tom Cruise and the Weinstein brothers. Oh, fun. Double. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> One, two punch there. Ew. So Were back they, in back. Was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it was Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise married at this point. They had, to I, right? I would have said this is, I think this is near the end. Okay. Like, this is near the end of their marriage. Okay. They divorced that year, actually. That year oh. they divorced. Okay. I just wanted yeah. context. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this was a huge box office hit. Mm-hmm. It made $210 million worldwide against a budget of $17 million. Wow. Ebert gave it two and a half stars. He said it was slow. 
and compared it negatively to the sixth sense. Mm. And it had an, it has an 84% critical tomato and a 77% audience tomato. Hmm. Okay. What did you what did you think about this movie? Had you seen this before? Yes, I've definitely seen this before. Um, I think I watched it like when I was first getting into horror movies. It's mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a very comes up on a lot of lists about, you know horror movies to start with you know uh what's the word like critical you know to watch horror movies Mm -hmm. um i mean i think it's solid it's you know it's never gonna be like my favorite movie um i mean i think my opinion on it is kind of similar to the movie where it's just kind of there a little bit you know it doesn't blow me out of the waters but it's definitely Mm -hmm. not bad very neutral towards it what about you i agree i thought i would like this more mm-hmm. i've seen it twice before yeah i saw it in the theaters in 2001 mm. i probably watched it again in like like 10 years later mm. and really appreciated how different it was on rewatch knowing yeah the ending right and then watching it for the third time i got nothing else out of it yeah, I think there's a couple of like really iconic scenes, um, but I don't think, you know, and I, I think it was, you know, at the time, 2001, I imagine there weren't a lot of movies really like it, mm-hmm. um, but now a movie with sort of this tone and, you know, the story was very inventive for the time, even though it is a little sixth sense Um you know, now I feel like you can throw a rock and hit a movie kind of similar to this. Yeah, this movie was probably greenlit right after The Sixth Sense mm. or around that time. I feel like The Sixth Sense was what, 98, 97, yeah. 99, something was, like that. It was late 90s, yeah. Yeah, and then, the, yeah, this has, I feel like you have to have a twist around yes. this time. Yeah. I never had any desire to ever go back and watch The Sixth Sense again, though. Mm. Yeah. So because to me, I don't know, maybe if I rewatched it, I'd think differently. But what is it going to change about the story? Right. Yeah. Other than, oh, let me figure out how they did it, you know? Yeah. Um, and really, it's all you're figuring out in that point is how inattentive you are, you know, because like, mm. it should be pretty obvious that like, or at least that something's up, you know, the fact yes. that, you know, Bruce Willis and the kid are the only ones that talk to each other. But yeah. with this one, it, it changed it for me thematically, at least on the first rewatch and it became more less of a haunted house story and more of this really sad tragedy just knowing the the nicole kidman character and her faith and all of that was wrong yeah yeah i mean i think that this movie does a pretty good job of hiding it because Mm -hmm. it doesn't it honestly doesn't really leave you a lot of clues as to what's happening it presents it as very straightforward which Mm -hmm. is a you know interesting way i guess um yeah it is very sad and it's so funny because i always wonder now with movies like this and the sixth sense there's almost no way to watch it like it was originally you know planned to watch to be surprised because i think the twists in them are maybe i'm just you know i just am in too deep to horror to ever you know but it's like no one can ever be surprised again because it's so iconically 
you know, this twist. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Well, this came out at the, I feel like the height of Nicole Kidman's powers early mm. on, like yeah. she was about to become really big and break free of Tom Cruise and skyrocket. <laughs> yeah. She had three movies come out in 2001. Wow. This one. Uh-huh. Moulin Rouge. Oh, damn. I remember seeing Moulin Rouge in May. Uh-huh. Uh, came out in May that year. I probably saw Moulin Rouge five or six times that summer. My friends really? and I saw it a lot. Yeah. And when the others came out with Nicole Kidman, I was there. I had yeah. to see the others. And she's in a movie that is lost to time called Birthday Girl that premiered at a film festival in 2021 and officially theatrically released in February. But still within a calendar year, she had these three movies. Wow. Birthday Girl, I really enjoyed. She's like a Russian mail order bride. Mm. And it's kind of gangstery. Ben Chaplin was in it, who I always found really charming and Mm. also lost to time, I feel like. Yeah, never heard Um, that. And then the next year, she would be in the hours and win an Oscar. Oh, wow. Wow. So Girl was working. Yes. And I mean, I feel like Nicole Kidman is the greatest actress of all time. (laughs) She is still working. Yeah. Today, she is barely looking at her filmography. She's barely taken any time off. She seems to at least one one or two projects a year. I am wearing my shirt that says somehow (laughs) heartbreak feels good in a place like this. (laughs) It's got Nicole's face on it. Oh, it's so good. So her most iconic project. Yes. My favorite bit to do every single time I go to the movies <laughs> is when that comes on, as soon as it's over, turning to the person next to me and going, well, it's time to leave. My favorite bit. I do it every single that. time. People hate going oh, to Oh, that's good. Me. I'm taking yeah. that. Yeah. Time to go. <laughs> now that I've moved and I, I'm not as compelled to go to the movies because the closest theater is not an amc yeah that's oh, i that's don't right. have an incentive to go yeah oh no nicole i know we got to get her into all the theater chains yeah seriously she should do a different one for every single one <laughs> she really <should>. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about that i mean nicole kim is a fantastic actress but yeah. i feel like because they show her watching these movies and her yeah. face is just lighting up and i feel like she really had probably never even seen or heard of jurassic park i feel like nicole Kidman lives <laughs> on a different plane of existence and i feel like she's just like oh my god they brought dinosaurs back like just looking <laughs> at the screen like <laughs> like <laughs> Wow. I love this documentary. <laughs> no, I, I love her. I just feel like, yeah, yes. she exists in a different realm. From she all really the, does. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it also has, well, it has really no one else. It has Fianula Flanagan, which mm-hmm. is my, that's my terrible Irish voice. Not even close. <laughs> um, I know her from Lost. Oh, okay. She was in Lost and yeah. she's in the Elizabeth Montgomery, Lizzie Borden movie interesting she's the maid in that as well oh okay mm-hmm. good at playing a maid good at playing a maid yeah and that yeah. would have been like the 80s so oh. she's one of the og maids and then the kids alakina man and james bentley mm-hmm. gone they, they never did anything else yeah it took me like not that long i'll give myself some credit but when i first saw a little girl on screen I was like is that Drew Barrymore and then I was like no this is early <laughs> 2000 she was already like grown at this point 
She, she, does. Has, she looks like Drew Barrymore. She was giving me Kirsten Dunst interview uh, with the okay. vampire vibes, I think because of the hair. Yeah, the hair, definitely. Yeah. She's very good in this. I really liked her performance a lot. Yeah. She appears to be an artist now. There's someone oh. that looks kind of like her that has an Instagram page with her art. Hmm. And then the boy, James Bentley, can't find anything about him. I found one photo that was presumably him from like his 20s. I was okay. really glad that his brow wasn't permanently furrowed because I feel like the only <laughs> instruction... The only direction he gets is to furrow his brow. Furrow, yeah. Just be... If you did a drink... Do a drinking game and drink every time they show this kid with his eyebrows, like, furrowed, and you'll be lit in, like, 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's literally maybe one scene where he's not clenching his forehead. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't hear little kid... Like, little British kids' voices without just thinking of Peppa Pig. They sound so much like Peppa Pig to me. (laughs) Peppa should parody the others. Oh my God. She really should. Yeah. That'd be great. Little Peppa Pig. So also the director, even though this was a huge movie, critical success, commercial success, he's from Spain Mm -hmm. and it was a huge success in Spain. He won eight Goya awards, which is the Spanish Oscars. And he had previously done Abre los Ojos, which was remade as Vanilla Sky. Oh. So I'm assuming that's how he met. Yeah. Met Tom Cruise perhaps. Interesting. And, or maybe they did, I don't remember when Vanilla, Vanilla Sky might have been after this, actually. Maybe this hit it. Oh, no, the Vanilla Sky, also 2001. This guy was like. Wow. He's booked He was everywhere. Busy. Yeah. And then he did a movie called The Seat Inside with Javier Bardem. Okay. And then he's done four movies since that I've never heard of. Interesting. Huh. But I did learn that. So from looking at the Goya Awards Wikipedia page. That year, they gave an honorary Goya Award to Juan Antonio Bardem Muno, who is Javier Bardem's uncle, famous Mm. Spanish movie director. I didn't know Javier Bardem was Spanish nepotism. I know. El nepotism. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) El el nepo niño. So (laughs) So, um, found that out. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then he also did the score, which, okay. Mm, it didn't yeah. really stand out to me. Yeah. It's, I would say pretty like typical of this type of movie. Mm-hmm. And he does make a point in one of the special features talking about how much scarier he thinks things are without computer effects. And mm. that is something I like about this movie is that there is no yes. CG. Yeah. Or yeah. like lightly used. They do show there's a special feature where they show it's very boring and they show how they just added fog to oh, all of the outdoor scenes. Yeah. And they'll show just like an actress and then, you know, them standing in front of a blue screen. And the blue screen is just propped oh. up like in the feet. Like they're shooting on these actual locations. Yeah. But they just have this screen that's like, I don't know, six feet by six feet. <laughs> and then they use that to like put some fog in i didn't really understand the process yeah and the special feature is like them just showing scene after scene of them without fog with fog without fog fog. there's no narration there's no 
commentary, nothing. Very boring. Wild. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the plot summary. It'll be a little bit more interesting. I do agree with Ebert that this is very slow, especially if mm-hmm. you know where it's going. So we begin with Nicole Kidman as Grace. She's telling the biblical story of Genesis, which will her uh, faith will be an overarching theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. We're on the island of Jersey in the uh, British, uh, what is it, the, the channel, whatever, one yeah. of the channel islands. And it's 1945. And then we wake up with her screaming. Ah! <sighs> yeah. And we'll understand why when we get to the end of the movie. But we will switch back and forth between her perspective and then the perspective of like the help. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Bertha Mills, played by Fianula Flanagan, <laughs> Edmund Tuttle, the gardener, and Lydia, a mute. Mm-hmm. So they show up saying they're the new help. And Nicole is like, great, the old help disappeared. Yep. You're hired. They and just vanished. <laughs> they just vanished. And she goes through these rules. It was making me think how many horror movies have rules. Yeah. Like the boy or whatever. I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of the boy in this, I feel like. I was like. going to say, it has even the little little boy kid kind of looks like the boy doll. He does. Yeah. So she tells them these rules like they have to lock the doors behind them. Mm-hmm. They can't make a lot of noise. They don't have electricity. And it's all because her little pale children are deathly allergic to light wish that was me right (laughs) (laughs) so um they did have a special feature on the dvd an interview with a real family where's their child their child has this disease am i about to feel Um, really bad about my comment (laughs) (laughs) it's not fun um yeah but um it's called let me see what it was called so the special features have an interview with a mom whose daughter has xeroderma pigmentosum, which is the real life version of this disease. Mm-hmm. It's an actual disease that's very rare, like fewer than 1,000 people have it. Oh, wow. And they they do describe this horrifying incident where they take their like six-month-old daughter outside and she literally just starts to blister in front <gasps> of them. So, yeah, so she, they do, they keep her inside. They do stuff very similar. They always lock the doors, close the curtains, they keep her out of the light. But in 1995, this family founded Camp Sundown. And it's a little camp for kids who have this disease to come and sleep during the day and then do like camp stuff at night. Like they play, you know, flag football and capture the flag and they can swim and do all sorts of stuff at night in these UV safe gatherings. And that seemed to, they founded that in 1995 and it seemed to still be going strong. The last update to the website was in 2018. So maybe there's some COVID difficulties, but hopefully they're still. I hope they're um, doing good. Yeah. It was really, that was nice. That was a nice little uplifting part of the special feature. We'll find out in this movie that it's little more than a, a red herring. Mm-hmm. But after breakfast, Grace discovers that the job ad that she put in the paper asking for help never actually sent. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know how the help showed up. And they said, well, they just happened to show up. 
they did because they used to work there so they just yeah. showed up seeing if there was work yep and grace is like check. yeah grace is like all right great excellent Super. satisfactory answer yeah so she uh homeschools her children like mm-hmm. many christian folk do mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of time reading scripture and bible stories and talking about them and that's their education yeah so they do have a fun uh funny i thought interaction about the I don't, again i just watched it and i forget the bible story of the ones who confess that they're christians and then get killed oh and I don't know. the daughter and it's like well they're stupid <laughs> <laughs> Why did they do that? Yeah. Why did they just lie? <laughs> and Grace is like, you'd lie. And she says, well, inside I would have believed in him, but I wouldn't have yeah. told the Romans that. <laughs> She's a smart cookie. She's smart. And this is one of the main reasons, like, I am not a believer in the Christian yeah. God, because what a bitch. Like, right? you have to not only like just wholeheartedly believing in him isn't enough yeah but you need to admit it and get killed if someone is going to ask you yeah like like you have to die for this bitch yeah yeah ridiculous yeah all the bad like when you read things about like toxic things to watch out for in relationships (laughs) old testament god does them all oh yeah he's the number one bad toxic boyfriend yes but Grace says, well, if you did that, you would go to children's limbo, which is one of the four hells. Mm -hmm. And she says the other ones are hell (laughs) (laughs) and purgatory. And then the bosom of Abraham, which like, I didn't know that was the hell. I I had not heard of that. So it appears to be a place, according to Wikipedia, of comfort where the righteous dead abide prior to Jesus's resurrection. Oh, so is that the heaven? Like pre-heaven maybe? Pre-heaven? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Isn't that a thing where they don't go to heaven until the resurrection? I'm not sure. Now I'm all confused. I'm, I think, I don't know. I was raised Catholic and I think it's a little more straightforward than this you just die you yeah. go to heaven you know yeah you, get, you do 10 hail marys and you're good yeah here you yeah. go not only that you gotta wait like where's this bitch he's been dead over I 2000 know. years how long is it gonna take talk yeah right because right? <laughs> at the time i think people thought like oh like i'm gonna this will be happening soon any day now yep and like do they like if we all rise and go to heaven like what if you're cremated? You know, is you a, are you a cloud? Right. Yeah. If yeah. you're decomposed, Vapor. are you just a skeleton? Like, yeah. Oh. You know, not a fun place to be. Too many. I want to be a skeleton. Too, actually, the skeleton would be kind of fun. I would be kind of, yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool to be a skeleton. I want to be a skeleton just so I can eat and like things go through me. And go <laughs> yeah. <numb. laughs> yeah. 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 I just want to do the thing where you have like your arm and you go whoop, and then you spin it around. I love oh. that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe like conk someone on the head with your with your bone. You could probably take it off, yeah, and whack somebody yeah. with it and put it put it back on. Yeah, that'd be really fun. Oh, I can't wait till we're skeletons. <laughs> it's gonna be so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> but, but um, so after they have their little Christian lesson, they get in they get in this fight, and Grace sends them to study in different dark rooms of the house, mm-hmm. and she then hears one of them crying. So she runs to check on 
I already forgot his name, Nicholas mm-hmm. the, with the brow. And he says, it, was, it wasn't me. It was and nice. so she goes to check on Anne and Anne says, it's Victor. Yeah. And Grace says, who's Victor? And Anne says that he's a little boy who says they need to leave the house. And mm-hmm. he's been looking at this house with his family. Mm. And that's when Grace notices a door is open and light is coming in. So she berates the help, mm-hmm. even though they, we know they didn't do it. Yeah. And so that night, Anne and Nicholas sleep in the same bed. And she says that Victor's in the room with mm-hmm. them. And he hides under the covers. And she goes, you're a cowardly custard, cowardly custard, cowardly custard. <laughs> cowardly custard. <laughs> I like that cowardly custard. I did really enjoy that. And we do hear some, like, creepy footsteps. Yeah. There is some good creepy sound design in this that's not too jump scary. It's just eerie. Yeah. And we hear a voice, but it's always difficult at this point to tell if Anne is doing it or not. Yeah, because it sounds very, um, the kid from The Shining, very red, red, <laughs> red, red. <laughs> or the, the kid from Pet Cemetery who yeah. is like six and they're trying to get to be evil. Yeah, yeah. So it's very Stephen King sounding. <laughs> yeah, you never, you cannot make a small child seem scary. No, no. I'm, like... Or I guess you can't make their voice sound scary because like you can get like a creepy angle on them, but as That's soon as they point. open their mouth, you know, what's the, the, again, Stephen King, you know, children of the corn, they want you, they want you <laughs> like this, you know, that ruined it. Yeah. Kids have just naturally cute voices. It's how they've evolved yeah. to us not killing them. Yeah. They have so. pig voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Anne is punished once again because mm-hmm. Nicholas starts screaming and she refuses to admit that she did this and she refuses to ask forgiveness for something that she didn't do. Mm-hmm. So she's, I think Grace makes her read on the stairwell for a while and she's doing her needlepoint and she hears some thumping and some footsteps and she thinks it's Lydia, the mute girl Mm -hmm. running back and forth, I guess, but she, she sees her outside. So she demands Anne to tell her the truth. And Anne has another good line. She says, I told you there was someone in this house and you punished me. Now I don't know what to say. Yeah. She's sticking up for herself. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the opposite of the lodge where it's like that one. It's like the kids mm. are lying and ruining everything. But this one is the danger of not believing your right. children when they are telling the truth. You're just fucked either way. Seriously. <laughs> comes I kids. know. <laughs> yeah. You really, you know, you, you can't trust them and you can only trust them. So the only solution is to just not listen to them. Right. And I wish, I wish this movie had delved a little more into the relationship because mm. Nicholas is just a little baby mama's boy. Yeah. But Anne and Grace are really butting heads at this stage where I feel like Anne isn't quite old enough yet. Like this is, feels like more something that would happen when they're teenagers and she's like, yeah. you know, coming of age. So it's it's tough to understand why Grace is so hard on her right yeah yeah i mean i guess it 
kind of makes sense with what is revealed later that mm, you know that's true. Greece just kind of is maybe not in the best headspace. <laughs> You know? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And maybe I just forget that because they don't they don't even hint at that. Yeah. That's something exactly. that that's like a twist within the twist that right. you almost I almost forgot about. I couldn't quite remember what yeah. they got to the point they're at. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like even if you know the ending, you might not know that part. And yeah. it's you know, so yeah, maybe that has to kind of do with their relationship and kind of explains their relationship a little bit too, you know. That's true. And I imagine whoever's the older kid, even if like the genders were reversed, would have a mm. similar, similar thing. I think it's just maybe from her being older and not necessarily right. the girl. So I think the acting is really great in this part, especially from that girl. She's good. Mm-hmm. And she says that someone's in the junk room. So we get one of the first really suspenseful scenes in the movie. Yeah. And this movie does a really good job of making a bright room seem scary yes yeah so nicole has to go in and everything's covered with sheets and she starts hearing voices Mm -hmm. she hears someone say she's a woman she's a what and then there's like a growling noise yeah i'm not sure what that was ever supposed to be but right yeah i mean this is kind of one of those like i mentioned before i feel like iconic scenes um yeah because it is so atmospheric and just the you know, it's a lot of statues with the white cloth. So it gives mm-hmm. that a ghostly appearance. And, you know, it's very tense. And at this point, you kind of, I think, start to wonder if Grace is like losing her mind or something. Yep. So it is, you know, a good scene. Yeah, it's a good scene. She freaks out, as you understandably would. And she, mm-hmm. yeah, she starts stumbling around and the sheets fall off of things. There's a creepy religious statue and mm-hmm. and a coat rack. Ah, coat ah! rack, jump scare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Anne later tells her they're everywhere. They say this house is theirs and they're going to take the curtains down as well. Not the curtains. And she draws this picture of the family. I remember this being in the trailer so many times <laughs> because Grace says, what do the num? there's a, there's a, like a mother, sorry, a mother, father, uh-huh. a little boy, Victor, and then an old woman. Mm. And Grace says, what are the numbers for? And she goes, that's how many times I've seen them. And the old woman, it says 14 next to her. <gasps> and it's like, dun, dun, dun. That was in the trailer a lot. And for some yeah. reason, very scary just because it was in the trailer. Even right. though now I'm like, what does it matter? Right, <laughs> why yeah, is she counting? Seriously. <laughs> I, why is she keeping track of that? <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. So um, she goes, Victor says she's a witch. She keeps saying, come with me. So Grace gets a shotgun out and they're going to find these people. Mm-hmm. And this is when Grace goes from like just being the mother to being like mother in the 2023, <laughs> like gay sense of the word. Like she is mother. Like Nicole yeah. came in in this fitted dress with the yeah. like forties hair and the shotgun, like mother <laughs> is saving the day. It's <laughs> a really good silhouettes of Nicole came in with a shotgun. Yeah. And so they hide the kids because they're going to open all the curtains and try to find the people who are mm-hmm. hiding in this dark house. And Mrs. Mills is with the kids in like the dark kitchen or something. And Anne says about Grace, she says, she says everything in books is rubbish, but she expects us to believe everything in the Bible. Mm. 
So I love this little skeptic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while they're searching, they don't find any people, but Grace finds this Memento Mori book, this Mm. book of dead body photos. And I found this really interesting, especially since I think a lot of them are real. There's there's a credit in the credits for post-mortem photography. Interesting. So I think they came from someone's collection. Right. Yeah. Because they are a real phenomenon that people used to do. Yeah. Um, wow. What well, reminded me of um Lady Macbeth, because they have her pose next to the dead father-in-law right. during that time. Yeah. And there's the they're not really the memento mori photographs but there are those mrs peregrine's books for mm. kids slash teens and yeah. they have creepy real photos in there that have been right. lightly doctored but yeah um, yeah there's always something about a, a creepy old person especially if they're dead that yeah is very eerie if anyone wants to take a picture with my skeleton you're more than welcome to <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so they Grace is, she's like, all these people are sleeping. Mm. And it's like, ma'am, your homeschool education is doing you no favors. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Mrs. Mills has to say like, nope, uh, sweetie, they're dead. Mm -hmm. And there's Grace says, how can they be so superstitious getting into some, you know, maybe she's superstitious because of the Bible and everything. And Mrs. Mills very pointedly says, grief over the death of a loved one can cause people to do the strangest things. So that night, Nicholas asked when daddy's coming back. We hear a little bit about daddy. Daddy went away to war and has never come back. So we yeah. just, Grace, they they still wants him to come back, but we assume he's dead. Yeah. She breaks down crying. And then we hear someone playing the Panano. So Grace goes into the Panano room and she locks the Panano. And then she starts like, I don't know, she leaves and she's fiddling with the door for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why. (laughs) (laughs) Other than because she has to be there for it to slam her in the face (laughs) and knock her back. Yeah. And she runs in. Well, she's locked out. So she gets Mrs. Mills keys and they go back into the music room and the Panano's already been unlocked. So at this point, uh, Mrs. Mills finally gets to let her hair down. She has this very long braid. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how sometimes the world of the dead mixes itself up with the world of the living. Mm-hmm. And Grace is like, that's not supposed to happen, you know, till the end times. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. So we get some, uh, oh, so she's going to, Grace is going to go down to town. We've never seen anyone leave this house. Yeah all taking We've place here been told that the help has come from town mm. and they act like they've spoken to people in town but mm. grace is going to go get father mcgraw and yes. bring him to the house even though she wrote to him weeks ago and he's never responded to her mm-hmm. so she also asks mr tuttle the gardener to see if there's a cemetery on the ground she had heard yeah. There was a mm. cemetery and we soon see Mr. Tuttle and Mrs. Mills, like comically covering the cemetery <laughs> up with piles of leaves. Like very Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yes. I know they should, they should really pull one of their faces off. Yeah. At the end of this. And they say that the fog won't let her get very far. So she goes wandering through the fog and she finds her husband. Yeah. Very. I didn't remember this part at all. 
Yeah, I didn't either. And I also thought the husband was played by um, oh my god, what is his name? Um, Voldemort. Um Ray Fines. Doesn't he look like Ray Fines? <laughs> who did he looked like someone else to me? I'm yeah. trying to remember who he looked like to me at the time. And I was like, is that like Vigo yeah. Mortensen or something? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I thought it was someone else. And it's funny because he obviously, you know, he doesn't really play a huge role in it. So I was like, why did they? I mean, why did they shell out the big bucks? I but no, know. I think it's just a random guy. It's just some guy, like yeah. most of the people in this movie. Yep. His name is Charles, and he surprises the children, but then takes to bed. Yeah, he's depressed. And he's depressed. So at dinner, Grace and Anne fight again, and Anne starts to hyperventilate. So Mrs. Mills takes her into the kitchen, where she confesses to Anne that she sees the ghost too. Mm. And sooner or later, Grace is going to see them, and then things will be different. Mm. so now that daddy's back they're gonna dress Anne up for her first communion mm-hmm. they put her in a white veil and she says i looked like a bride so this is where we get the other iconic scene from the trailer where grace goes into the room and Anne now looks like an old woman mm-hmm. behind the veil but Anne's little voice is still coming out yeah and which Grace that's says, creepy <laughs> yes it's very creepy. Yeah. And she says, you know, what have you what have you done to my daughter? Are you mad? I am your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Grace attacks her and Mrs. Mills shows up and it looks like Grace is just physically assaulting her own child. Mm-hmm. And Anne is in hysterics. She says she won't stop until she kills us. And at this point, things are starting to come out. So Charles, the husband, pops up and he says that Anne told him everything. We're assumed that Grace has hurt the kids before. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's going back to the front, even though the war is over. He just wanted to say goodbye to them. Mm. And he says all this while Nicole Kidman randomly takes off her clothes and lays on the bed in like a slip with her garter belts exposed. Yeah. This feels like something the Weinsteins made the mad, honestly, mm. like in retrospect. It's like, mm, yeah, we need a little more thigh in this <laughs> PG-13 movie. Yeah. Because there's always got to be something gross in a Weinstein production. So in the morning, he's gone. We, go. never, we never see him again. No. Nope. And not only that, the curtains are gone. Ah! So the kids are screaming. Grace throws a cloak over them and drags them into this room where she blocks the window with one of their giant chalkboards. And it says, thank God for their growth in faith and love. I didn't notice that. That was interesting. (laughs) And so she, Grace tries to shake an answer out of Lydia, who... I'm still not even sure why this character exists. Like, yeah, she, <laughs> she's mute. She doesn't talk. She serves yeah. no plot purpose whatsoever. No, just to have a third there. person. Yeah, I know. Um, and so Mrs. Mills says that the children could be cured after all, mm. kind of sarcastically, but she doesn't seem to care that all the curtains are down. Yeah. So Grace gets her gun again and she kicks the servants out of the house and she says, we're going to go uncover the gravestones. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh no, they say that the help says we better go uncover the gravestones. This kind of 
uh, is the audience stupid over like a side <laughs> that we don't need to see at all? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so at night, Anne sneaks out of the house and brings Nicholas with her. Mm-hmm. Are they going, are they leaving just to run away? What's the reason why they're leaving? I think leaving? they're just running away. I think Anne says something about going into town. Um, okay. I can't remember if they mentioned something about looking for their father, but that would, you know, check out. That's the most logical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they stumble upon these gravestones, and they're the gravestones for Mrs. Mills and for Lydia and Mr. Tuttle. We see they're mm-hmm. all dead. Yes. And they start coming over the hill as we've discovered yeah. they're dead. Which is also kind of a creepy scene. It's a good creepy scene. They come out of the fog. It's dark. The boy yeah. is not listening. He says, you need to... You need to come to me. They're ghosts. Run away from them. And yeah. he's like, you've always told me that ghosts wear sheets and rattle chains. <laughs> and this is where, like, again, if this were the lodge, like, I don't know, they would eat this kid alive because the yeah. other one lied to him and we'd feel right. something. But there's no sense of danger in this movie. That's another thing that yeah. um, put me off this time. There's no stakes. That's very true. So in the house, we cut away because in case it wasn't, completely clear enough to you already grace has to find the memento mori photo of the servants just like randomly sticking out of a mattress yeah (laughs) and so just in case you weren't in case you thought the graves were fake um we know that they're actually dead and mrs mills says that the living and the dead must learn to live together they're like banging on the door kind of creepily yeah um and Anne and Grace, like Anne's going to send the kids away. Sorry, Grace is going to send the kids away to hide. Mm-hmm. And Anne gives her a hug. We've got to have some sort of closure, I guess. Yeah. You know, you see mom with a shotgun defending you and. Um, Bridges all those, all of all those, those troubles. Right. Even though it still doesn't resolve anything. No. But um, so the kids go hide in this closet, but then we get a blind lady jump scare when the ah. cabinet door opens and the blind old woman peeks in. Yep. And so Grace like is praying. She prays her way up the stairs for strength from God. And she walks in on with basically a seance. Mm -hmm. And so we see the old woman. She is a medium who is trying to communicate with the kids and she can hear the kids saying, we're not dead. We're not dead. Yeah. And she's really sad. It is really sad. She's scribbling on a piece of paper and there's like a guy who can read her scribbles and is translating for her. Mm. It's very Beetlejuice, but not funny. Like you got, (laughs) basically you have Otho and like, (laughs) yeah, like like the sticks around the table. Right. It's just like, it's very Beetlejuice. And again, in case it wasn't completely clear to you, when Grace comes in and starts tearing up the paper in front of them, we then have to cut to them at the table without Nicole Kidman and the paper tearing in midair. So we know they're actually dead. Yeah. So we learn that Grace smothered the children and shot herself after Mm -hmm. being distraught over her husband. Mm-hmm. and we the homeowners also also like beetlejuice the homeowners agree to leave yeah um which is what the goal was it's like beetlejuice but they won the ghost right. won yes <laughs> <laughs> and so grace confesses what she did to the kids mm-hmm. and she says then the next morning she heard them laughing and she thought that the lord was giving her another chance 
And Mrs. Mills rejoins them and says that there will be others. Mm. And sometimes we'll sense them. Sometimes we won't. And we see Anne, this nice little shot of Anne dancing in the sunlight. So yeah. like it's almost kind of a happy ending for the kids. Right. They say like, they mommy, it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> and then Victor sees like their ghostly shapes in the window. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see a for sale sign and then it's over. Spooky ooky. Spooky ooky. Anything you wanted to add? No, I think that covers it. Excellent. So we will take a short break and we'll return with our gothic roundup and we'll decide, is it gothic? All right, ghosties, we're back with our gothic roundup. All gothic films have four elements, a girl, a guy, a house, and a haunt. I think this film is lacking in in girl and guy. Yeah, I mean, you could like maybe maybe argue that like Anne is the girl and like Grace mm-hmm. is the guy because like it's kind of Grace's fault, but mm-hmm. that would be a stretch. I think um, it's yeah, it, I, I it's, there's really not a clear cut girl and guy. Yeah, because if you haven't listened before, Ghosties, the girl is generally the one who is drawn into mm-hmm. a world that she doesn't expect, uh, mm-hmm. lured there by a guy. But for all Grace knows, well, one, her world doesn't change. Like, she doesn't know her world has changed. Yeah. The house is the same. It's the same house. That's the true. The same kids. And there's no sense of danger really no yeah and I mean obviously you know like we kind of alluded to you know a big reason why it doesn't seem like there's a lot of danger is if you rewatch it you sort of know what they're what's gonna happen so mm-hmm. it's not like they can die um right <laughs> it really does take all the tension out of it yeah yeah and and like you said you know it's it's usually this like there's usually deception involved Mm -hmm. or if not deception you know ulterior motives and there really isn't any of that I mean it's it's really really tragic what happened and Grace Mm -hmm. obviously makes a terrible decision and choice and ruins her own life but you know and ruins her kids lives obviously um but yeah it's missing that element not saying that it should have it there should be you know because like imagine the movie if like grace knew the whole time and was like right you know right that would be a lot worse so right um you know yeah it it doesn't really have that relationship so for for me i i'm surprised that a movie so the way i interpret the ending of this movie Mm -hmm. isn't that they're in purgatory but that like there is no afterlife and this Ooh. is their afterlife. And that's the way I interpret it. And I feel like that is in a way, this very shocking thing for a movie to basically just invalidate all of Catholicism <laughs> and Christianity right. and its ending. Yeah. And, and so I don't know if that's an accurate interpretation, but that's how I've always seen it. Cause we're never really given any thing otherwise, because it's not right. like, you know, like you said, the ki- maybe the kids are there because they're not baptized. Maybe Grace is there because she killed them. But 
we don't know why the help is there. They died yeah. of cholera or whatever. So right. there's no to me, evidence that this is any sort of purgatory. This is just like, like the F and also like they're, I mean, they're in the same house with Mm -hmm. humans can sometimes see them. Like, I feel like this is just like the case for there is no afterlife. Yeah. And therefore her whole religion has betrayed her. Right. Well, and like the whole aspect of, you know, her husband, the father coming back to, you know, he doesn't, a lot of times when a spirit kind of like goes away, you know, it's portrayed in this very like, I'm going towards the light thing, but he's like, I'm going back to the battlefield. Like, he just, he just kinda... wanted to go back to like his army bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah, having he... a lot more fun out there. Yeah. He came back. He saw two, you know, annoying little kids. His wife was going through it. He said, <sighs> Put me back in world war ii i know she's crazy the kids just won't stop talking about jesus he's like i yeah. can't take this anymore right. but actually i just sort of like thought of this too when i said the world war ii thing is we actually don't know what war he fought in i mean i'm sure maybe some historical person could figure it out but i always like the idea too of everything in the movie happening years before like i mean them living years before and then oh yeah something you know causes them to wake up in the the you know future-ish time right um or maybe that this is like some kind of loop i doubt that but like that would be kind of an interesting take of they have to go through this every couple of decades just for the hell of it yeah and now this is not a movie that holds up to any sort of critical thought but no. <laughs> like if they're trapped they see, they also seem to be trapped in the house like they can't yeah, leave they can't leave the grounds. but like if he died fighting in the war like they're on a fucking island so yeah. like did his ghosts get on a boat and like yeah. go to them like right did he none just none of that was even necessary like he teleport? didn't even need to come back i know there's no was... it doesn't serve any purpose for the yeah, story that was not a great plot line i feel like they brought him back just to i don't know again like maybe like a red herring you know like yeah i don't know it was very bizarre very bizarre. So yeah, girl and guy, I think we're lacking. We yeah. do have, I think, a great yes. house yeah. in this. And the house is a real house. Mm-hmm. It is the Palacio de los Hornillos, which Ooh. was built in Spain in 1840, Ooh. but designed by a Scottish architect and is English neoclassical style and one of the few examples of Victorian architecture in Spain. Interesting. It's a beautiful house. It's so nice. They've got this reflecting pool. And I feel like even though most of the fog in the movie was computer generated, (laughs) you know this place gets foggy. I was going to say is that I wish that fog was real. So hopefully it is out there. You know know. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there isn't a real cemetery, but like, it really fits the aesthetic. They should get one if they don't have one. There probably is somewhere. Mm, yeah. You know, unmarked so. graves where they just chucked the help or something. Mm, but yeah, yeah. Maybe even just like a pet cemetery I'd be fine with. <laughs> <laughs> they come back to man. They come yep. back to. So some of the interiors were shot in other ridiculously fancy estates. Oh. One of them was at Ohika Castle, which is a registered trademark. 
And also <laughs> as their tagline, Europe in America. Oh. Has the little R with the circle next to it. Adorable. This is in Long Island. And oh. it emanates the elegant refinement of a chateau in France and a rich history that is distinctly American. Ooh. Never heard of it. Interesting. But they do trivia on Tuesdays in the bar. So that's so much fun. <laughs> so I want to go. It's probably the only thing I can afford. And it's a $40 yeah. trivia night. But oh um, that's how you know everything's probably too expensive. But yeah. I can afford the $40 trivia night at Ohiki right. Castle. So yeah and, drink, yeah, and drink water. Exactly. <laughs> and then our haunt, we have ghosts. We're we back have ghosts. to the classic ghost story. I think, though, kind of what we've talked about before, when you invert the gothic tropes too much, you end mm. up just falling right out of being gothic. Right. When yeah. you are the ghost, it's no longer gothic. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of sad. It's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's bummer. This, this also does have that element lightly of um, like a disability being horror, which crops mm. up a lot in horror movies where you take some weird ass disability right. and that adds to the unsettling nature of the film. That's true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, their disability is being used as a plot point to, mm -hmm. you know, further the environment. Yeah. And again, complete red herring because they're not even sick anymore yeah right also that sucks that she had two kids with that disease seems like it's pretty rare it seems like it's very rare yeah so really bad luck on all fronts yeah. for her <laughs> whoopsie <laughs> but i also got a little bit of some ari aster out of this mm. like i wonder if this was inspirational or formative for him in some way i forget how old he is um but i wonder if he was a fan of the others because this movie feels like elevated horror before that was a thing yeah yes yeah and midsomar was got a lot of acclaim for being so bright and sunny but also scary and the yeah. way this movie makes the light seem scary That's and true. the mommy issues yes always the mommy issues but that's a pretty common thread in horror i would say that's true i might yeah. have just been been reaching for something i was trying to get something <laughs> out of this movie i really thought i was going to get more out of this movie and i got less yeah yeah i mean it's again it's fine it's it's fine. i would i would not like immediately if someone came up to me and asked for a not too scary like traditional horror like i would suggest this like i think that yes. this is you know i think it makes sense that i watched it when i was just getting into horror like i think it is a good you know it's not a movie you would like watch with your friends and have a lot of fun with but like you could watch it with a couple of people if you want like a very chill night you don't want to mm -hmm. be too scared um you know nicole kidman is great she's just a little a little breathy a little <sighs> she's <laughs> always breathing yeah so you know um yeah it's not terrible but you know you made a really good point about this being sort of like you know an early elevated horror because you know it has mm. a big well not even a big budget but it had a budget um it had you know nicole kidman you know it's british feels mm -hmm. very fancy 
Yeah. Yeah. That kind of also inspired by M. Night Shyamalan. Everything had to have a twist. Yeah. Type yeah. of thing. It's a good, um, like, baby's first horror movie, like you said. Yes. It's training wheels for yeah. the horror genre. It is. It is. So we do have some bonus gothics. We've mm-hmm. got a Panano. Yes. I was wondering if candles just at this point be a bonus <laughs> gothic. I think if it was, then every movie would have yeah. that. So it's almost moot in that point. <laughs> and then um, I was like, should mirrors be uh, mm. bonus gothic? We'll have to keep our eye out for mirrors. Yeah, more mirrors. More mirrors. Yeah. But what do you think is this gothic? I would, if I, if it feels wrong to say it's not gothic, you know, like it know. feels wrong. Like it has it has a gothic vibe maybe but the actual movie isn't gothic so like maybe the light side of gothish yeah it's like barely gothish i think it has the gothic dressing yes but it's not a gothic meal yes yeah the gothic um garnish yes it got the garnish yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah, like I said, you know, gothic doesn't have to be horror. It doesn't have to be scary, but it has to have that like tense, you know, dread, like competing kind of forces. I feel like gothic really has to have like the the other thing too is I feel like this movie doesn't have a ton and it's purposely done. So it doesn't have a lot of resolution. Like, of course it doesn't. Right. Like that's kind of the whole point. Um, and I think, gothic movies you know either they have a resolution or the characters work up to something and right doesn't really feel like we get that in this yeah yeah the lack like you said the lack of tension Mm -hmm. the lack of yeah for me any sort of sensitive danger i think is something that i didn't realize was so present in in the gothic yes until it was not until it was not in this movie yeah yeah agreed well anything you want to add to our discussion on the others i don't think so well thank you amanda and thank you ghosties for listening to us break down the others please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts rate and leave us a review on apple podcasts and drop us an email at so at gmail.com with comments and suggestions for future films until next time stay ghosty